I'm Daniel, the Past Life Regressionist, and it's time to begin. This is Timeless Spirituality. Hey everyone, welcome back to Timeless Spirituality. So, this is the first of three interseason episodes until we head into season four. So, for this one, it's going to be, I would say, the lightest of the three. It's going to be the most playful of the three. It's going to be dramatically different than the next two. And it's just about embracing your creativity and seeing where it can take you, and how that in and of itself can be a spiritual experience. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode, but before we dive in, I want to give you guys a little preview of what's to come. So here is the introduction to the Mirror of Time home series. As a soul living on this third rock from our sun, I believe I've lived hundreds, if not thousands of different lives, in different bodies, on different continents, and in different cities, countries, and civilizations that no longer exist. And in each of those lives, I believe that I formed connections with inanimate objects that meant something to me in one way or another. No different than a child having an attachment to a doll, a treehouse, or a pacifier. But what about the dwellings and shelters that kept me safe in those lives? Do those perceived inanimate objects have memories and feelings of their own? Or are they exactly as they outwardly appear to be? Lifeless. But what if there is more residing somewhere out there, somewhere among the sands of time? For someone who believes that he's lived these countless lives, you'd think that my familiarity would equate to comfort. But in my 37 years in this go-around, I don't believe any place I've ever lived has ever quite felt like home. And yes, that even includes places I grew quite attached to. In 2004, the band Green Day released a song called Boulevard of Broken Dreams, which feels like the anthem when it comes to my relationship with home. And the first verse is as follows. I walk a lonely road, the only one that I've ever known. Don't know where it goes, but it's home to me, and I walk alone. In this five-episode miniseries, I ask the question, what is home? Or shall I phrase it in this manner? What is a home? Is it a geographical location, a place with four walls and a roof, an enclosed space, or is home a person? This series is presented through a narrative of journal entries written over the course of a year, whose origins originated straight from a guy coming to terms with the imminent nature of having to say goodbye to his childhood home. Some entries are written in the past tense, and some are written in the present tense, as I wanted to see where and when in time my fingers would take me. So I invite you to sit back, relax, 
and join me on a different kind of journey through time in the only life that truly matters. This one. This is the Mirror of Time home series. So yes, that is the preview for the Mirror of Time home series. And I am super duper 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 excited to finally release that after teasing it for about the last 10 months. So I hope you guys enjoyed that little preview. And in the spirit of creativity and spirituality and merging them together, just want to let you guys know to hang around for the very end of the episode because I'm going to share a little story about a time when I merged the two, something that I didn't talk about during the recording of the episode. And yeah, so just make sure you hang around for the end and it's going to be a cool little story. And I'm I'm excited to finally present this episode, which was recorded a year ago. And it was one that I was holding on to because I knew that I was going to be venturing into a different space with the podcast. So I just thought it would be very appropriate to do an episode about creativity and spirituality as we are going to be heading into the Mirror of Time home series. So make sure you stick around for the end of the episode. And with all of that said, as you can hear how giddy I am because I'm so excited for what's to come, if you would like to book a regression with me to discover who, when, and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist or my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. And now, it's time to begin. Amy, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? Thanks, Daniel. I'm good. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited. I don't know much about past life regression. I haven't put that much thought into time, so I'm excited for what you're going to share with me. Well, you've come on the right podcast. Yeah, I came to the right place. All right. Are you ready for the first question? I'm ready. And my hands are going up. So everyone knows at this point. So, okay, cool. What is your favorite song about time and why? Okay. My favorite song about time is called Here for a Moment by a band called Gone Gone Beyond. They pretty much just say that line over and over again for this whole three-minute song. And I love it because it's once you hear that for like three minutes straight, it really sinks in of like, wow, we really are only here for a moment. So that's my favorite. Okay. This one's a tough one for me because I've never heard the song. However... I do know someone in the band, so it's a more recent song as we're recording this in January of 2023. Am I on the right track? Yeah, I, I think it's more recent. We'll have to verify later. This this one is just going to be purely a guess since I, I, I really <laughs> don't know this. I'm going to say it was 2022. Okay. I feel like it might be a little bit earlier than that, but we'll Maybe see. Maybe 2021? Yeah, perhaps. All right, let's go uh, look it up. <laughs> dun, dun. Wish I could license the Jeopardy music. Wait, Gone Gone Beyond, <laughs> right? That's it? Yeah, here for a moment. Here for a moment. Well, I was wrong on this one. Mm. Let me guess. Is it 2016? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Okay, maybe I've seen that somewhere before because it, it was in my brain the whole time you're trying to think of it hmm. well the one i know from the band it 
popped up on his page in 2016. I don't know the intricacies of, of yeah, but it's like it's like a super group or something like that, right? Is that I don't know. I, it does kind of give that vibe, like Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, where all the songs are kind of like anthems, and it has a bit of a, a heartfelt spiritual feel to it. But I haven't done that much of a deep dive into them. I just love that one because it kind of gets you into a trance of like, wow, we're only here for a moment. <laughs> Which I think is probably like for me when I think about time, that seems like one of the best benefits of pondering these things is the way that it can bring us back to right now and feeling the the weight that the present moment carries, how special it is. I'm sure you said something very profound. I just can't get it out of my head that I got that one wrong. That's the first time I've gotten one wrong. <laughs> so although in my defense, I did say I've never heard the song before. So I still got it wrong though. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> Maybe I should have said my favorite song is TikTok by Kesha. <laughs> oh, yeah. A little bit 2000, easier. 2010. I'm okay. Since it's that, I'm going to go look up that. that uh, I feel like it might have been a little bit earlier because I remember when I was in middle school making dances to this song with my uh, with my friends. <laughs> the early, that so it would have been 2009. I'm going to say yeah. 2009, 2010. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the album came out since January 1st. Song released August 7th, 2009. Okay. Right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I redeemed myself a little bit there. You redeemed yourself for sure. (laughs) Okay, cool. Are you ready for the next question? Mm Mm-hmm. I am. Who is Amy? Who is Amy? Mm. I am... I love these questions. Um, They're also very challenging to to define ourselves because we're so close to it, right? But I've been asking myself this a lot lately, especially we've gone into the new year. For me, creativity is really at the center of everything that I do, all of my work. And as things evolve and shift over time, that feels like the hub at the center of my wheel. So what that looks like currently is I share some of my own art through mostly writing. I love to play with all mediums. But writing has been kind of my go-to art form. I published a book uh, this past summer. It's called Like the Sun at Midday. Thanks for the claps. And I, it was fun because I got to, it just worked out for me to publish that on the summer solstice. And the title is Like the Sun at Midday. So it felt, it felt very aligned. That was really fun. Um, and lately I've been channeling my writing through an email newsletter project called Essence Of. That's just been a, a total blast. So beyond my own art, creating my own art, I help other people with their creative projects, bringing their ideas to life. So I'm really just like a a guide along the creative process because I know it very intimately. I've spent a lot of time through that journey. So I can help people through that either in like some one-on-one mentorship or actually helping with some of the more tangible things like branding design, photo shoot styling, et cetera. Why do you feel that creativity is important? Hmm. I think it's it's felt really important to me because it feels very tied into well-being. It's energy flowing through us and expressing itself. And that's very similar to like what it means to be have a healthy body is things flowing smoothly or for like a healthy ecosystem, things flowing smoothly. And for me, my creative awakening, as I like to call it, a few years ago came at a time when I was dealing with a lot of health stuff. And I was trying all the supplements. I was doing acupuncture, 
like literally everything. And what really seemed to change things for me was connecting with my creativity and connecting with myself in that way. Um, so there's there's been a lot of power in just my overall sense of feeling connected to my life force energy as it moves through me and it's just it's just so special like everything that's moving through us in each moment like I was saying with that song it's like here for a moment and if we if we're distracted from the moment or we don't give ourselves a chance to express what's coming through then like we miss that part of our expression and who we are and I think that is a big at least from my perspective, I think that's a big reason of why we are here having these experiences is just to express ourselves and enjoy that journey. How did creativity help you through your health process, we'll call it? Yeah. So a lot of what I was dealing with was just like random gut stuff, which I think a lot of people have these days of just like, I don't know what's happening, but there's something with my gut. And there's so many factors with that of like, pesticides, pharmaceuticals, the types of foods we're eating, et cetera. But for me, it was really connected to what was happening mentally for me. I have very clearly experienced that mind-body connection of when you think you have a certain perspective about yourself or think certain thoughts, your body, your cells hear that and your body reacts and responds and performs accordingly. So for me, the the, what helped me heal my mindset about my body was creative experiences. And I was partly having a lot of body dysmorphia and not loving my body, not feeling comfortable in it, feeling like there were just things wrong with my body. So I began having these creative experiences late at night where I would just lay on the floor and color these beautiful curvy female figures and just learn to find the gorgeousness in those shapes and then that just snowballed into creating other things and then it's like I kind of I kind of almost forgot about the negative thoughts I had about my body and when I stopped feeding myself those thought loops then the health issues just kind of fell away naturally. Um, and I think this goes back to what I was saying of just like life force energy flowing is optimal health. So kind of like going straight for that can make all those other little details of like bellyache when I eat this food or whatever, like all of that just kind of clicks into place. Thank you for sharing all that. Mm, yeah. So I know for me personally, as I've talked about on the show before, I developed some health issues in my early 20s. Mm. And I mean, I, of course, I think that there were many contributing factors. Always. But I think a key one was I hadn't found what I was good at in life. I just, I didn't know. And I didn't know how to, how to find purpose. Mm -hmm. So one of the gifts that my health issues gave me was time. Time of doing mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. And... What really started to shift things for me, I started to learn guitar when I was 21. This is before my health issues. Mm -hmm. And then I gave up very quickly. So I'm just saying, I don't, know if, I don't have the patience for this. This is stupid. Mm -hmm. My fingers hurt. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I, I dealt with some health issues. It was less than a year later. And then about a year after the start of my health issues, probably, you know what? Yeah, about a year after. I just found myself in bed one day looking up at my wall where my guitar was. I said, okay, I have time now. I might as well, it doesn't matter how long it takes me. I've got the time to learn it. So 
I learned guitar at that point, and then I started songwriting, and then that led to longer form writing. But what happened for me in that process was I discovered, hey, you know what? I'm kind of good at this. I've got a knack for... Uh, <laughs> that was a bad joke. What I was going to say is I have a knack for stringing some words together when I'm writing, not as much when I'm speaking out loud. Although sometimes I do okay with that too. So that was a game changer for me was mm-hmm. discovering that creativity and then fostering it. Mm-hmm. And even to this day, which you know, I'm 15 years out now at this point, I think to a certain extent, I'm always being creative, but there are those ebbs and flows where I kind of will really dive into stuff. And Mm. then those times I'm going to take a step back just because other things are going on. But that's when I feel truly alive is when I'm creating. So I don't know if that works for everyone. I hope that it would, but I'm sure everyone has creativity to some extent. Yeah, I think that everyone does for sure. And that's a big part of what got me into what I do is I just ran into a lot of people who were like, I'm not a creative person. I'm like, that's not true. I think it's innate. But one thing that you mentioned that I really liked is just how you followed your curiosity for guitar. And then that led to songwriting. And one thing kind of led to a next. And that's something that we don't always let ourselves do in this very busy, overstimulated world um, where there's always a million tasks to get done or ways to distract ourselves is like just being in an open space and following a little curiosity and then following whatever comes from that and following whatever comes from that. And it's just so cool what can come from that. Um, And like you said, like you were able to have that space because you were having some health issues that created that space for you. So I think it's, really powerful like on the other side of those kind of moments to intentionally create that space because I think life will create it for us we're here to interact with the texture of life and to explore our purpose and just you know be alive and participatory and if we don't put ourselves in situations where we can go after that with intention then it seems life kind of seems to put us in check (laughs) What are some, let's just say, slightly less conventional ways that you've seen creativity expressed? Mm. I think that, as I was saying, I've met a lot of people who like to say, I'm just not a creative person. Um, I think a lot of that comes from the definitions we have around what is creative. And we mm-hmm. typically think of like painting, dancing, drawing, singing, acting. And also when we think about those things, we think about being good at them, being a good singer, being a great dancer, et cetera. Um, I'm an okay so once dancer. You... <laughs> I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. So once you take away those labels and the need to kind of like live up to those things, you lower a lot of barriers around what it means to be creative. And so someone could go rock climbing creatively. Someone could cook a meal creatively. You could have a conversation creatively. Creativity is something that's available in every single moment. It's really more of like a an energy than it is um, a defined activity. So unconventional ways to be creative is just literally looking at like, what am I doing in this present moment and how can I put on my creative glasses and approach this in a different way. And sometimes that might look like 
if you are brushing your teeth, like what would it be like if you brushed your teeth with your left hand? <laughs> Just little tiny shifts like that can really open up new worlds in a really cool way. So it does take a bit of, of curiosity. Do I get points for the Kesha song because the album came out, came out in 2010? Do I get points for that? Yes, you do get point. You get Kesha glitter points. <laughs> As you can see, I'm very good at letting things go. <laughs> Man, I'm just missing the mark with my humor today. I guess I'm not very creative. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're you're going for it. That's creative. <laughs> that really threw me off getting that song wrong. <laughs> it was like it's like a niche indie song, so uh, yeah, yeah. So it's I, like like you're saying in Jeopardy. It's um that was like a 500 point one. <laughs> you know, it's a higher category. The funny thing is, knowing what I know about you, I knew that I was fucked with that one even before we started recording uh, today. I'm saying to myself, she's gonna pick something that is just so out of left field that I'm <laughs> just be ready to say I don't know. And then you brought that up, like, well, you know. <laughs> so okay, well, I'm glad that. I got points for TikTok then. Anyways. That's still a big one. <laughs> now that I've let that go, how can we use past lives as a source of inspiration? Mm, yeah, this is great. I love, one thing that I love and I actually speak with some of my clients about is looking at where two things intersect. So this is like a really cool space of like past life regression is your thing. Creativity is my thing. And I love finding what can we explore at the intersection because it's that idea of like, one plus one is greater than two. We can, there can be a lot of things that happen when two different things come together. So the first thing that comes to mind is if you've had some kind of a, a hint or a flash of, or maybe even like a whole experience and memory of what a past life has been like is usually using that as creative material. And you could look at that as maybe if you think see like a, a person who was in your past life or who you were in a past life like letting them be your muse and that could happen by just like really spending spending time with that energy like calling back that memory and that that energy of what had been and let letting it take take inspiration so like i've had a i've had a flash of what felt like a past life of swirling around in a circle with like all this glittery makeup on and I feel like I was a Japanese woman that <laughs> just got like this this flash once and I could take that one moment that I've seen in my mind's eye and create a whole story about it I could write a short story about who this woman might have been and maybe as I write that story maybe I'm just using it as a jumping off point for inspiration but I also think like it could totally be possible for my subconscious mind to channel things through that it's like becomes a point of discovery like, oh, maybe that's really how it was. Maybe that's really what happened. Um, so that's what's so great about getting into creative experiences is it just becomes really a mirror um, and an open space for what's inside of us to become visible outside of us, a point of reflection. Because um, there's really so much inside of us, especially in the subconscious space, that it's like we're either too close to it or we we can't see it. So art is a way to like make the non-tangible and visible visible and tangible. I want to try something with you really quick. Sure. Can you close your eyes for a minute? Okay. Okay, I want you to see that again, what you saw with the Japanese mm -hmm. woman twirling around. Mm -hmm. What do you see? 
she's smiling really big with her chin tilted up, closing her eyes. She's got bright makeup on and a dress that's mostly white, but it also has some colors. Um, I think there's music and it's like in, in the middle of a party at night. She has short hair, like cut in a bob. Mm, and the room is neutral toned. Is there anyone else dancing or is it just her? It's like there's a spotlight on her and she's maybe even on an elevated surface, but there are people below who are dancing. Yeah. Now, are they dancing as something that's more of an orchestrated dance or is it patrons of this event that are dancing? Um, no, it's like a like a house party. Hmm. So yeah. it's the guests that are dancing? Mm-hmm. Mm. Are yes. they good or do they suck? Well, <laughs> I probably could have been great. nicer about that. Are they dancing together or alone? Um, kind of alone together, you know? <laughs> like in a group, but not, not paired up. How many people would you say are in that room right now? Like 20. 15. Cool. Well, thank you for that. Mm. All right. So my question for you, one, did it feel real? I guess I have more than one question. So yeah, first question, did it feel real? Yeah. Yeah, it felt real. And that question kind of feels like a spectrum of like what's real and what's not real, but it feels more real than not real. So my second question for you is, doesn't matter. Mm. I'm very inclined to say not really because I am who I am right here and now. Um, and any kind of thing like that is like, oh, that's interesting. That's entertaining. That's cool. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to take that and like maybe not make it mean anything about who I am, but I can still have it in my awareness. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, of course, you know, I, I believe in past lives, but I asked that second question because I think this is a good activity for some people to, to spur that idea as a jumping off point for a story. Mm -hmm. But if yeah. they're going along lines of the past life component, I feel like the mind can get in the way and then they could say something, the effect of, well, how do I know that it was real? Or did it actually go down this way? What if I'm missing details? Mm -hmm. That's why I, I don't think it matters. Yeah. And I think you're pointing out something really important here of like going into that logical linear mindset of like, can we prove it? Is it factual? How do I know? Whatever. That can be a bit of a like wet blanket on the creative process because mm -hmm. a lot of creativity comes from this nonlinear flowy space where it's like it doesn't really make sense in the moment and maybe it doesn't have to make sense but it's just expression it's just energy moving and some things like might we might make some, a piece of art and then come it, not really connect with it or be like okay whatever and then come back to it two months later or two years later or 20 years later and be like wow this like I resonate with this or like wow that feels really representative of the 
time that I was in when I made it. Um, so it's like, it, it's not always going to make sense right away. And I think that that's a little bit of a, this might sound kind of harsh, but like a disease of our time is our mm -hmm. necessity to make things make sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, you can always edit later also. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think when I'm creating, I just kind of get in that degaff space of, you know, don't give a fuck. I'll mm -hmm. question it later. Even if it's yeah. so off the wall, I'm not going to worry if anyone's going to like it. I'll, yeah. I'll go through that process later on of fine tuning. Because right. I think, yeah, that's what really gets in the way is, well, what what's someone going to think? Well, look, you're not going to find the magic if you don't push through that. Totally. And I think that that first experience of like having something come through, to me, it feels more like we're channeling something. Like there's an idea that exists in the ethers that is moving through you. And your job is to just be open and get it down and just stay with it, stay with the experience and kind of almost get out of your own way. And then once you have those raw materials that come down in this maybe like probably nonlinear way, the editing process is for your linear mind to play its parts and to like, okay, that would be better if we put this section here and took out that line or whatever it is. Um, so there's a time and a place for all of it, but we have to know when to put our inner uh, inner critic for, for one and our, you know, linear thinking on the shelf and just it's it's really a moment of surrender when things are first coming through. And that's what's something else that I love about just practicing creativity is that we get to practice surrendering. And it's a lot easier to practice surrendering when it's just you alone with your sketch pad or alone with your record player rather than out in the world in a business meeting or on a date or something like that, you know, very transferable skills. You want to see how I've used past lives as a source of inspiration for creativity? I would love to. All right, I'm going to bring something up. I'm going to find a way to make this creative also since no one else is going to see this. Make it interesting <laughs> though. Yeah. All right. So the background is, well, the listeners have heard about this, that I've written a script with a co-writer for a TV show. It's about past lives. So, uh. I'll show you the first scene. Cool. How are you with reading scripts? Um, like you want me to be one of the voices in it? We can do that. Okay. No, I, I, I've read a few scripts here and there, but it's not something I've done too much of. I've certainly been getting more curious about the acting world and, and all of that filmmaking. It's just a cool space where kind of all of the mediums can come together. There's like visual, audio, storytelling. Hey, can you see it? Uh-huh. All right, I'll read the scene descriptions and I will play the role of Cameron. And then okay. there's only two other parts that show up in this first scene, both female, so. Okay, you can read I'll for be those. them. All right, cool. All right, so it's called The Chaser. Exterior downtown, Los Angeles. Let me start that over again. <laughs> <laughs> Exterior downtown Los Angeles dusk. Sweeping aerial shot as the sun sets. I don't quite get it. What is it that you do for work? Interior, Chili's, bar area, happy hour. Cameron, 30, that was, it's a coincidence that he's my age. Cameron, 36, mm -hmm. an old soul, young at heart. By the way, I've, what, what we're about to read, I've never actually done. Okay, I'm going shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> It's part of the creative process. Yeah, let it flow. 
Cameron, 36, an old soul young at heart, dressed and modestly impressed, sits across from him. See you soon, Chaser. After she leaves, Cameron eyes his phone where the chart is still on the screen. Then he looks back towards the exit. He picks up his knife and fork and cuts his meat. Nice. Oh my gosh. That was fun. Well, thank you. <laughs> I love that. I love you. You'd certainly use not just like past lives as experience, but your experience with past lives as an experience or as a, as a creative prompt. That was so much fun. Yeah. I love to, they like, that we're in a creative moment together rather than just kind of talking about it and circling around it. We like actually got into it. That was great. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's always fun to be more hands-on, but I'm not that clueless. I wouldn't actually do that on a date. And I also wouldn't <laughs> take a first date to Chili's either. <laughs> or all of your first dates to Chili's. <laughs> oh, you caught on to that? Yeah. <laughs> that was a good little sly joke there, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it would be Applebee's. <laughs> obviously obviously <laughs> so yeah that's that's a way that i've used past lives mm -hmm. as an inspiration for creativity and yeah i mean that's what's really cool about that project too is i get to i get to take all those past lives of mine that i've seen and mm -hmm. put them into a story right yeah i think like whatever whatever God or spirit universe, whatever you want to say, like whatever God reveals to us is like a gift for us to use and play with in this lifetime. And like, that's the really unique, interesting material you've been given. And it's just fun to like, Hey, how can I like get my hands dirty with this and like make something of this in this moment? Mm -hmm. And it's cool in the sense of like, it's the concept of like, it's all been leading up to this moment. Um, and so whatever you create in this moment is a culmination of like, not just your entire life as Daniel, but all of these past life memories that you have access to as well. It's reminding me of like, um, Picasso was sitting out at a cafe one day and this lady was like, Hey, will you doodle for me on a napkin? Aren't you that famous artist? And then he tried to sell it to her for like $50,000. She was like, you're crazy. It's a napkin. He said, well, it took me my whole life to make that. And it's, it's so true. Did he really do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Genius. I mean, it makes sense. It's kind of messed up to charge someone 50000 for an autograph on a napkin, but I get what he's saying there about it was only worth that because of everything he had done before. It was a doodle. It was a doodle on a napkin. So technically, oh, a doodle like on a napkin. I'm sorry art. about that. Yeah. 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 Oh. But still. It is a Picasso. <laughs> yeah. So in your work, have you seen any kind of patterns with people who are in this lifetime very creative and like drawn to creative things or maybe creative careers? Have you seen any kind of patterns with like past life memories they might have? Yes, a couple. The thing is, for what I do, I don't often see or my clients don't often see the 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 really positive things because... Mm. It's more a matter of how does that help them now? So they usually will see things that will will kind of open up that door of, hey, this is something I need to work on. Mm. So the way that I have seen it show up, especially with singers, actually had uh, 
one of them on in episode, was it 51? Her name is Erin Michelle. And, I mean, she's an amazing singer. So one of the things in one of her past lives was seeing what happened to her throat and it getting crushed and kind of how it needs to open up again so she can spread her wings to the world. And and she will. She's got a hell of a voice, an amazing eye for life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's a good example. And yeah. I mean, there there are others. I think it comes up still when someone needs to access that creativity and it's the higher self's nod of, hey, you need to work on this. I mean, one for me that came up in my own regression, I was it seven months ago? I saw myself as an opera singer. Mm-hmm. Now, I've always known that I have a, I have a, a wide range, but I never had utilized my lower range. And then I started mm-hmm. using it a little bit. And I just said to myself, damn, I've actually got this. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to utilize it. Yeah. But yeah. So otherwise with creativity, maybe I, I'm just a cynic and <laughs> only think about the bad stuff that comes up. But uh, nothing else is really coming to mind right now, but it does come up. Yeah. I think for a lot of folks, it can be super healing to make art from painful experiences and to use art as a way to move through that or even like as the the content and the subject i'm definitely like in the post suffering artist era like i'm not subscribed to that story mm-hmm. um but it does like you know it can be a power powerful catalyst um, and i found it interesting what you were saying about this previous client a singer and had something with her throat that's been a part of my journey too and like uh, i know some other people who are identify as like very expressive creative folks who have had that kind of journey. I had thyroid disease when I was probably 16, I would say. And it's been something that even even to this day, I'm, I'm dealing with the repercussions with. Um, gratefully, like very, very healthy. Everything's fine. But I've since processing that and years, years later, I've looked back at that and realized that it energetically and emotionally, it felt very connected to my throat feeling closed. And the throat is is known as the center of expression. And a lot of us might get that kind of like throat closing up feeling if we're feel emotions rising up or if we're in a situation where we don't feel safe to express ourselves. So for me, that felt like just an extreme version of that. So it's very interesting the way that our bodies can be reflections of the things that we're moving through. And I just kind of share that as like if anyone's had kind of just like some throat things, looking at the connection with creativity, anything kind of like in the neck area is like it's about expression. It's about sharing your voice and not even necessarily like sharing your voice with other people, but letting that energy move. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I'm definitely an advocate of people sharing their voice with other people. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, creativity is just, I love it. I love it. And I was so excited to have you on to talk about it because I just, I think it's important for everyone to access that on some level. Just like you were saying, it doesn't need to look like stereotypical creativity. It could even be the way that you organize your kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Hopefully more than that, but that would be okay too. <laughs> start in the kitchen <laughs> yeah. but yeah just being creative with whatever you do and just finding a way to do it in your own way yeah it's just fun and I think a lot of it goes back to uh, being kids like 
if you've been, I don't know how, if you've been around any three to five year olds lately, but literally all they want to do is play. They don't want to eat. They don't want to go to sleep. They don't want to wash their hands. Like they just want to play and play is so it's just every single moment of that is creative. They're coming up with new storylines and they're imagining that this shoebox is actually the fortress for our characters. It's just, it's, it's an immersion in creativity and an immersion in imagination. And we have almost entirely cut ourselves off from that as adults. And I think that like we, there's like this soulful longing that hasn't quite been identified. And I I think a lot of it's rooted in play. So like you were saying, even if it's like how you're organizing your kitchen, like it can help to begin working with the energy of playfulness. Like how can I bring some playfulness into this? And that naturally just becomes a creative experience. Let's talk about your book a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to get a little synopsis of the book? Yeah, I I was about to say, like, hey, you take the lead on this one. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, So the book is about a year of my life that I spent mostly in Hawaii. I was halfway through my my yeah my bachelor's degree at UT. I'm I'm from Austin, so I was halfway through my degree in Austin and just like wasn't feeling it was kind of dealing with some leftover health issues and mental health issues that came from that um, feeling disconnected. And I decided to go spend the summer in Hawaii and had such an amazing time. It was, I was almost entirely off grid just into this like undeveloped corner of the island. So living very, very closely with nature. And there was just an amazing community in that part of the island where people were very free spirited and super accepting um, and just like really going with the flow. So I got immersed in this totally different way of life that felt really gratifying and really nourishing. And I decided to drop out of school and stay there. It just it almost didn't feel like an option. Um, my my heart was totally there. But that following fall and winter, after having those the very illuminating spiritual experiences that I had the summer before, it was followed by this this dark night of the soul as that inner light flashed on. It it felt like I could see the the cobwebs and the um the knots that were tied up inside of me and had to be present with that and and face that. So at that point in my journey, I was kind of feeling like I had a a foot in both worlds of like the normal life I've been leading and what I'd been told life is versus like this spiritual reality where I actually feel very free. And I was at the time staying at this off-grid community with about 15 or so tiny homes that was started by this man who was one of the original hippies of the counterculture movement. So he was 50 years older than me, almost down to the day, actually. And through the rainy winter season, when most people had left the island, um, it was I ended up just spending a lot of time sitting and listening to his stories from a life off the beaten track, a life that was his intention was to connect with community, connect with nature and connect with himself. Um, So he kind of became this like spiritual grandfather figure for me and helped me begin to navigate my own path in this new spiritual reality that I was finding myself in. And um, so I was really grateful to have someone to kind of guide me through that. And plus his stories were just like very entertaining. He's a very fiery, feral wise person who um just has a has a lot of courage so hearing hearing his stories of 
just how willing he was to go against the grain in those very different times um, was just a lot of fun. So the book is a collection of his stories and how it relates to the journey that I was going through at that time. Where can everyone find the book? You can go to like the sun at midday.com and Daniel, I can give you that link if you want to drop it in the show notes for people. And where can everyone reach you? The best place to connect with me would be actually through my email list. That's where I'm putting putting out most of my energy these days. And you can sign up for that at essenceof.amyinfullcolor.com. But I'm also on Instagram at amyinfullcolor. Um, and then I have my own podcast, In Full Color Podcast, where we talk about creativity and all that fun stuff. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and and talking creativity. I love it. Yeah, I'm glad we got to read your script. That was fun and unexpected. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you for reading it with me. That means a lot to me. Yay. Hey, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode in full color. And again, in the spirit of creativity and spirituality, I want to go ahead and share a project that I worked on a few years ago and the story behind it. So this is a song that I wrote called Will a Kiss Remind You. I originally wrote it back in 2010. And at the time, it it was a concept about kind of, how would I put it? I think soulmates was kind of what I was aiming for at the time. And I had a good chorus. I had some verses. And then about seven years later in 2017, as I was more ingrained in the past life world, had been a practitioner for a year at that point, I decided to take this song and tailor it more to reincarnation and the idea of the first time you have that first kiss, it waking something up inside of you where you remember this person from another life. So I want to go ahead and share a performance that I did back in, I believe this was 2018. So here's what I did at the time. I used to go around to open mic nights and I would perform a hip hop medley as my opening set or my opening song. And when I would be retuning my guitar in between songs, I would say, hey, who here believes in reincarnation? And you know, some people would throw their hands up and so on and so forth. And in this process, I would say, okay, so my day job is a past life regressionist. And you know what the, you know, I go ahead and explain. It means I take you back to revisit past lives using hypnosis. So this next song is about finding lost love in another life. So if you guys are interested in a session, come and talk to me after. So, you know, again, with the theme of the episode, it was how do I use my experience with spirituality and make something out of it creatively? And I don't know, creativity just brings me to life. So I hope you guys get to see how all the pieces come together. And I hope you enjoy this song that means a lot to me. And thank you guys for being here. I'm just, I'm so excited for what's to come on the show. So thank you. Through the doorway, you smile it up the room. I 
could tell you saw me I saw a holiday show As I walked up to meet you Your eyes conveyed a sound Do you feel like a lost love? On the edge of being and found. That's why you said, Will a kiss remind you of the day when I was your first love? It was another time, another place. What can I say? I know I loved you, and I know you know you loved me too. Will a kiss remind you of the day when I was your first love?
Thank you for having me tonight. Fellow time travelers, your journey through time awaits you. Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time, and you'd like to book a session with me, just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist, or you can reach me through my website, yourpastliferegressionist.com. Hey, time traveler. Are you trying to learn your birth chart and you're struggling through all those confusing layers of signs, houses, planets, degrees, aspects? I have a four-level self-paced course that makes this process so much clearer. Hi, I'm Danny. I'm that witch next door. I'm an instructor and mentor for folks like you that are trying to learn all of this trendy new astrological information for themselves and their own lives. Each level of my course is specifically designed to dive deep into the chart and help make sense of all those different parts and pieces. I developed this course to directly improve all the problems that I personally encountered on my journey to learning my own birth chart so that you don't have to. All of the information is presented in a way that is digestible and set up to promote the most effective retention and set you up for real success. By the end of our last level, you'll be ready to practice interpreting the transits and the aspects for yourself. You can visit thatwitchnextdoor.com slash astrology for more information and to order yours today. You can also use code time to learn for a 10% discount off of your bundle today. This is my way of saying thank you so much for being part of the Timeless Spirituality community. I enjoy working with all of you so much that listen to me over on That Witch Podcast. So don't forget, if you're struggling to learn your birth chart, you want to finally make sense of all of this, visit thatwitchnextdoor.com slash astrology and use code time to learn for 10% off at checkout. Thank you so much, time traveler. Thank you, Daniel, the past life regressionist, and I'll see you all in class.